And she's like, you know, we slave in here. That's don't take issue with the word. I'm just, you know what I mean? She's like, we work here all the time. She's like, they open this awesome thing, and then your buddy comes in here, strolling in here, taking shifts out of my kid's mouth. She was like, she went that far. I was, um, like, was like, you were taking food out of her kid's mouth. I um, I I I I, I was hired on merit, dude. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to she, say uh, about she, that. She was unhappy. She did not like it. Um, well, I apologize to her, but I am happy to say, dude, that the chocolate bar opening up tonight, uh, it should be pretty successful. Uh, Willy Wonka theme. I uh, had to taste a lot of the drinks last night. All of them really good. They had this Reese's like uh. This Reese's Martini that they like make their own Reese's cup infused vodka for, and dude, it's phenomenal. Like wow, it's, that does it just, sound good. Just so freaking good. And they're Sounds all, sweet, but I, I bet one of those is good. Well, and they did they did a good job of uh, countering that because obviously there with with like the candy theme, there's going to be a lot of like sickly sweet things. But even like the <laughs> cotton candy martini, which you would think oh, would God. be totally sugar, they like they use a lot of sour in it. That way, it kind of like counterbalances it oh. out, so it's not necessarily like that. Like you know, like you got to brush your teeth right afterwards. Oh. Um, one of the cool things that I did last night, and which I will definitely recommend that people do, is last night they finally had like the um, I don't want to say it's a pill because it's not really a pill, but it's the best term for it i guess they had the the pill available and what it is it's like a berry extract and you roll it around in your mouth and it totally like turns off your bitter and sour taste buds so it switches the flavors of things so like yeah so like so at this point you can't taste anything bitter you can't taste anything sour so we're rolling around on our tongues and we're kind of like i don't know is this gonna work is this gonna be stupid what is this and then they give us a lemon and I like put the lemon in my mouth and the whole time I'm like, I'm very skeptical of this. I'm like, this isn't going to work. This is going to be dumb. Why am I putting a lemon in my mouth? Dude, put the thing in my mouth, like tasted like lemonade, like was 100% that really? sugary sweet, like, and you know, you did it with limes, you did it with strawberries and like everything just had this like t- different taste dimension to it. So we it's were weird. drinking beers, drinking wines and stuff. And it, w- it was, it was just so like what you expected out of this really dark beer was like completely different than what it tasted So with like. the beer, they went like chocolate stouts right well yeah there's like a chocolate orange beer there's like this like uh, there's a fruit there's like one fruity beer but they're all somehow or another candy related i uh i i'll be interested to see i because i like beer like i like ipas i like you know what i mean i like beer um, I'm not normally crazy about like the chocolate stouts. Like, right. I'm not a stout guy. Yeah, they're heavy, man. They yeah, are. Yeah, it's just like that's kind of stuff. Like people love like that milk stout. Like I'm not wild about that. I was never a real big Guinness fan. I'll drink it, but I'm never a big fan. Um, I'm interested to see how those work they, out. They've got four different beers, and they're all kind of different. But like you said, I mean, they're all somehow or another chocolate related. Yeah, they all go back to candy at some point. Much like the Christmas bar, you can't just come over there and go get a Bud Light. Like that defeats the purpose of it. Yeah, like, don't do that. Well, like, I mean, but that's like a lot of people come in there and be like, all right, well, I'll take. A Coors Light, and I'm like, well, we don't have Coors Light over here, buddy. So no, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, you do the places too. Like, here's the thing: if it was bigger, you could do that. You could offer like three, but you're trying to grab people by the niche. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, and I think that's the entire like uh, specialty here. And and I, I the way I always described it with the Christmas bar is that like it wasn't just a bar with some Christmas lights in it. Everything had to be over the top, and like everything has to be like in character. You know what I'm saying? Because once you start slacking on that, that's when like the specialness of it it's like, it goes well, away. Like, well, then what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, there was a bar in Lakewood that I lived near. It was called the Beer Engine, and it's awesome. And uh, if you live out that way you know it and the food is to die for but their thing was we're the beer engine meaning we have beer from all dude their beer menu was like six pages deep right right and the one they would offer you one domestic can 
That was it. And it was PBR. Because welcome to like being hipster, right? Okay. And so like the PBR thing. But outside of that, you were not getting Miller Lite, Bud Light. You weren't doing it. They didn't do it. Now, some places I completely <clears throat> understand why like, like, you, like you take like Buzzman, for example. Buzzman has a million different craft lot beers, of beers. More than you could even like go through. Yeah. But they also have Bud Light, Miller Lite, Coors Light, it's a bar. Bud Heavy, because they get that. And that's what, that's what it is. That's They're trying to cast the widest net. Where something like a pop-up bar, it's a little bit different in the sense of like, no, this is specifically what it is. Like you have a laser focus instead of a broad net there. Yeah, I, uh, and that's the way to do it. I understand why they're not serving Coors Light in there. You got TDs right next door. Mm-hmm. So, dude, if you want a Coors Light, just I mean, you're right. allowed to walk back and forth. Right. Just go over to TDs, grab a Coors Light, and right. you'll, be, you'll be fine to go. Dude, I'm just now seeing this. Okay. But apparently from NBC News, Alaska's Kodiak Police Department told residents in a video that was posted about 20 minutes ago, to start to evacuate their homes and move to ground at least 100 feet or higher amid a tsunami alert. Really? Yeah. Really? So Alaska, dude, it says, dude, they're, uh, dude, they're urging people, get I, out. I know you're a uh, you're a big fan of the Bush people nowadays. Yeah, life you, below uh, zero. <laughs> you, uh, you, Those you, are my people. You, you, you feel a kinship with them. Um, the, yeah, Sue and Kavik will be fine. The, uh, the, the good news is, is what I'm going to assume, is it's probably not that you know populated of an area that's going to get affected, but at the same time, like it's probably hard to get. I feel like I've heard of Kodiak. It's, it's probably hard to number one get information there. It's probably number two hard to get out of there. Right. So, all right. So going back to Life of Zero, you, you, you bring up a good point. In the bush, dude. They uh, this is how they get information out. And the one place, uh, Norvik, right, where this one family lives. Like they'll go kill a caribou. Okay. Skin it. Okay. And then, dude, bartering is still legal in Alaska. So, like, if you have tomatoes and I have a car battery, we're allowed to barter. Okay. Like, that's kind of, like, the, the way they do things. So, they'll go and they'll grab, the, like, the UFH radio or whatever those are called, and they'll just radio the town. They'll be like, hey, this is Ben in Norvik. I got three caribous, two, you know, this. I could use. Dude, the other day he traded rabbit meat for five gallons of gas. Just sitting there doing tradeo. Just and, yeah, tradeo. Exactly. Get it out there. That's exactly okay. what they do. So okay. you're right. Information sharing yeah. in Alaska could be a little tricky, I would imagine. But I feel like I've heard of Kodiak. I mean, it's not Juno. No. It's not Fairbanks. But Kodiak, I know it because uh, it was part of like this internet prank where they sent Pitbull to this Walmart in Kodiak. And, oh, like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he so did they a have con- a Walmart. He did a concert there. So like, yeah, I think it's a big enough city. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you got a Walmart. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's keep an eye on that as it develops. There, Dude, buddy. a tsunami. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That stuff's scary, man. Like your house just washes away. That whole thing. Oh, of all the bl- of all the of all the natural disasters that you have to deal with in Ohio, like none of them are as bad as a tsunami. None of them are as bad as a hurricane. None of them are bad as wildfires. You know what I mean? Like no, it's all right. It's no, all right. No. We'll be all right. I need you to start to put your thoughts together. All right. And at seven thirty, I would like a rundown. Of Raw 25. Okay. All right. I, uh, at at 7.30, I want a Raw 25 um, rundown. Actually, a wrestler is in a bunch of trouble, and it made me think about this Me Too movement, and what are we going to do with the guys who five, six, seven years ago all got busted for this kind of stuff and did their mea culpa, went on TV, apologized, and are now back at work, even though we're taking dudes out of jobs now. And it's very interesting about what how we're going to handle that whole situation. So a wrestler got himself in trouble with that. We'll talk about that, but I also want a little rundown of Raw 25. So we'll do that at 7.30, giving away $1,000 every single hour. Your first opportunity right now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Greg's in his truck about to fall asleep. He's like, dude, less Soundgarden, more of you. Now, he meant audio slave. 
It's like less less audio slave, more you. Sorry, Greg. Wake up, buddy. Yeah, do not fall asleep, Greg. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, and I hope you were tweeting that in while you were stopped, stopped at a red light. Seriously, dude, this guy falling Jeez. asleep at the wheel. Tweeting. Tweeting. He doesn't. Jeez, Jeez. Please, Greg, pay attention to the wall. Dude, yeah, dude, pay attention, buddy. Buckle up, homie. Yeah, don't, don't be out there cold trickle hitting everything on the road. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Dude, I, uh, I, I have... Um, I have the sleep and the tired on me right now. Okay. And, dude, I got woken up three different times last night by the thunderstorms that happened last night. It was loud. I mean, dude, it was around, what was it, 2.15, something like that, 2.30? Probably. Is one, when I heard the first one, I don't know, there may have been some before, but it was about 2.30, and I just, dude, it sounded... Like it, I woke up because I felt like my building was falling over. Like that's how loud it was outside my bedroom window. And it was a little <clears throat> uh, jarring to hear it in January. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, I mean, I woke up and I was like, "What is that?" My girlfriend's like, "It's a storm." And I'm like, "Oh." And I'm like, "It's it's January. Why is it? Why is there a thunderstorm going on right now?" Yeah, another one hit right before 4 a.m. by me. <laughs> and I got to begin for that one. And that's normally when my my first alarm set. Well, my first alarm set for 3.45. And then I normally try to get up. I'm like, all right, feet on floor around 4 a.m., right? And I woke up and I was like, all right, just stay awake. And next thing I know, I fell back asleep. And I actually slept in a little later than I normally do. And, uh, but man, that kept me up. Dude. So Greg tweeting back in. He found another stoplight. He says, <laughs> I get up at 2 a.m. for the gym and then I go to work. Wow, dude. Like, that's dedication, buddy. Like, good for you. Actually, working out is what we're going to talk about right now. All right. Um, Small is the goal here. Okay. Here we are, uh, the 23rd of January. So I would imagine a lot of the New Year, New Me crowd's done. See ya. I would imagine, right? Yeah. We hear normally by February... New year, new me, people are done. I would say there's probably, yes, a lot of people are done. I would say there's probably some people still holding on but lying to themselves about it, where it's like, yeah, I'm still eating healthy. I mean, I got a grilled chicken sandwich, and it's right. like, dude, come on, you're eating hot. Come on, you know that's not. Bro, I ate like a terrible like teenager all weekend, and then yesterday just continued down the path. Just just deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. <laughs> Bro, it's bad. Uh, and now, I, 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 it seemed like you had some positive momentum going there. It I seemed did. like things were good. What, what, what derailed you? Know. I don't know. Was it strange? Was it? I mean, I don't know. No, I I, re- I wish I knew. Um, Seems I, like everything's good right now. Well, here's the thing: I did get ghosted by that chick. Remember, mm-hmm. like that weekend came, I did kind of get ghosted. Okay, and I think that there might have been, and I and I didn't recognize this, but maybe this is what it is. No, dude, dude, that's so funny. If Stansberry would have ghosted this chick, would have rolled right on with his life, not caring what's not at all ever. All of a sudden, and like honestly, if you wouldn't have, and she was texting you right now, you'd be like, oh, this broad, blah blah blah. <laughs> she's blah, so blah. annoying, right? And all of a sudden, she's yeah. like, I'm not interested in Stansberry. He's no, gotta, that's just it. She's gotta drown even, it in a ranch. She didn't even say it. We had plans yeah. for that weekend, and then that weekend Never came and went. I haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything since. So maybe that is what it is. Maybe I felt less than, and so I was like, "Dude, give me the ribs." Right? Yeah, I feel unattractive, and like nobody wants me. You know what I better do is I better deep fry everything. Exactly. Okay. That, that'll make it all better. <laughs> okay. No, it's a sick cycle. <laughs> okay. It's not. All I mean, right. it's not good. No, it is not. But they say here that if you want to stick with working out, and if you want to get through, you know, the new year, new me, and actually become somebody who does work out. Now, I don't know where you're going to do this. This would have to be in your home. So I don't know. You'd have to find an alternative workout method or buy some equipment for the house because Kevin McNiven is a personal trainer, and he says that the best possible way for you to work out is 100% completely naked. In the nude. He says if you, and I, I would imagine that this is true, that if you were to work out in the nude in front of a mirror, that it will keep you going 
because it will constantly hit you in the face that your body is not in the shape that you want it to be in. And he also says that the more you work out, the fa- he's like, you will start to look better in clothing faster than you will when you're naked. And he said, so if you're naked, you will st- it, it will constantly drive home the goals that you want and that you're not quite there yet. But if you work just a little bit harder, you could get there. Um, I, I guess I can I can definitely buy into you're going to see the notice in clothing before you see it in your own, oh, na- that's in totally your own true, naked yes. body right there. And other people are probably going to see it before you do. Um, the thing that I, I mean, like if you could will yourself to do it and like, all right, so now I'm on the elliptical and now I'm naked. But I think the hardest part of that is that a lot of people would be like, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable with myself. I'm so angry about like what my body looks like that I'm not even going to do this. It's easier for me to like put on a sweatshirt and and hide from it as opposed to do something. He says you're forced to examine your body and you come face to face with yourself. He says by constantly doing this. You're going to get used to your body, slowly getting more and more comfortable in your own skin. And I would agree that even, let's say, somebody that's in shape, people have a hang-up about being naked. A lot of people do. Yeah. And so even if you were in better shape, let's not, I mean, maybe you're not on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, but you're not, like, out of shape. Okay. I'm willing to bet that the more time you spent naked, the more comfortable you would become as a person. Yeah, I think it builds confidence. I do. I think there's a little bit of, especially when it's, like, you in your own skin and your own moment there. Like, would it suck to, like, hey, you've got to walk out in front of everybody you know naked? Yes, that would be absolutely, yes. you know, terrifying. But, like, to be in your own house naked, I think you should feel comfortable in that i started thinking about my ex-girlfriend when i read this last night because she's like a a, she's getting into the workout thing pretty heavily like she's actually training like ufc style does that all that kind of stuff right but she's got like monstrous boobs like huge like you know the size of your head big like dude that girl can't run naked like that's i mean it's gonna hurt yeah i mean i you know exceptional cases here where it's like yes you're not going to be able to do well, that are they saying though like i mean other kinds of working out like she could still like weightlift naked or like she could still they say do everything you work out at the gym do naked now obviously don't go to the gym today and take all your clothes off you know what i mean as they're going to throw you out of there but you get a little bench at home maybe a couple of you know you know maybe a bench press machine maybe you know some stuff like that maybe you know i don't know they still sell those nautilus things at three o'clock in the morning for sure people like do. me sure they do that feel like they're you know one day they're gonna be skinny of course i think i think they probably sell more of them now the gazelle or whatever the hell yeah, it is you dude get, tony atlas will sell you something for you sure get one will. of those i don't know dude working out naked i think like this is for young dudes with like young balls like once they drop bro <laughs> like they're just gonna be swinging smacking your belly button with them dude it just feels like that would be awful i don't know if i could get down with the working out naked we do have a fortifile story and it involves fried chicken you're getting that next on rock 106.9 dan stansberry and his boy wonder matt fantone at last two heroes the stansberry show Rock 1069. Rock 1069. We're also on iHeartRadio. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations. It's all free with the with the free iHeartRadio app. Just type in the name of your favorite artist, get a station full of their biggest hits, similar artists, just for you. We'll hand pick them for you. It will be done so by fellow music fans as you thumb songs up or down. That station will then be personalized to fit you better. It's that easy. Type a name of an artist in and we'll go to work. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. It's all free, dude. It's amazing. This show's free, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Man, we start charging people for this. See, what are we doing? I, uh, I wish. <laughs> that, that, that would be good. I would like that. That would be a system I could get behind. 
I, uh, I don't know if anybody would pay. No. And you and I would probably be broke. <laughs> well, nothing's changed, I was going to say, not a whole lot moving around the board there at that point. Before the break, we were talking about working out naked. And Jesse tweets in. He's like, dude, I don't think I could work out naked. I'm just imagining laying there on the bench press. My boy's just laying on the bench. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to be... Too worried about like the sensation of the vinyl on the boys to be able to lift that weight over my head. He might be right about that one. Well, yeah, dude, you're definitely gonna have to like lice all everything down after. I was gonna say, too. dude, people at the gym don't wipe down the machines as it is. Now we're gonna offer genital sweat on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, if you were on the bench and then you, I don't know. Yeah, there's plenty of of, of opportunity there where you need to be wiping. Gross. Big Ohio tweets and said, "Dude, imagine wrapping yourself with a kettlebell in the boys." Oof. <laughs> Dude, I used to work out. My I used to work out with kettlebells when I had my trainer. Dude, that's really hard. Like, it looks easy. Ah, well, I'll just stand there and I'll just swing this thing. It looks easy. It's dude, that's a hard workout. Dude, that's the that's the the great you know uh, trick of working out where you often look at things and you're like, that doesn't look that hard. I could probably do that. What do are that. you just standing there bending over? It's not that hard. I could totally do. That. It's like no, you couldn't. No, that's I why you don't. That's why you don't do it. Now, my buddy Marty is a uh, dude. He's a kettlebell trainer. Like he does that stuff. He works people out with that stuff, and he's constantly on me. You know what I mean? Because he's like, dude, he's like, if I Instagram you, I think I could get people. You know what I mean? So like, he's always on me. I'm like, dude, you live kind of far now. Like, I don't, and he's like, dude, it's not about how far I live. It's about the fact that your fat ass doesn't want to come it. in here yeah. and do this. I'm not gonna do it. He's like, Dan, I would have you in shape in two months. He's like, I could whip you right back into the shape you want to be inside of two months. He's like, if you ate right and came and saw me three days a week for two months, you could be right back to where you want to be. He's like, I listen to the show all the time. I know where you're trying to go. He's like, I could get you there. He's like, but you're too fat, you're too lazy, and you like syrup. He's like, so it's never going to happen. And he's kind of right about that. Dude, I was sad to hear about this. Mulligan's closed yeah, here in Canton. I was yeah. kind of, I was, dude, I'm sad to hear that. I um, I don't know what the circumstances of it all are. I mean, I, 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 would I assume I, money. Well, no, I, I saw that there was health issues within their family. Oh. So I don't know if this was a hmm. hey, I decide, you know, we're deciding to walk away from it because, dude, running a restaurant's a very, very tough thing to do. Oh, uh, dude, he was 74. Uh, like that's just that's just that's just a hard thing to do for anyone. I mean, the the profit margin is just like paper thin, and you just you, you just have a lot of challenges with it. So I know that I think they're trying to get somebody to buy the brand and keep the establishment open um but it's a great location so whether it's Huge, them or yeah. somebody else something will be there i uh dude and i like the brand obviously is it's golf themed you know your boy likes that a lot right um and i do like where it is the location would be great the buildings at, uh, dude the building's huge and you're right about the margins dude like having owned a bar i can tell you like people will come in and be like dude give me a shot of fireball and you'll pour it and you'll tell them how much it is. You're like, Jesus, I could go to the store and Four buy a dollars. bottle. And it's like, yeah, dude, but I don't need the bottle to pay for the bottle. I need the bottle to pay for the lights. I also need the bottle to pay for the health insurance for that employee that while you're tweeting and talking about how everybody needs to be paid, right? Like, who do you think does that? It's the guy who owns everything. It's like, so yeah, dude, that's why shots cost more. So you're right. I mean, dude, the margins in a restaurant slash bar, I mean, dude, they're thin. And that's why it's like, dude, like my sister-in-law used to work at a bar in Bedford. She'd come home every summer while she was teaching school and she would work there. And Leo was the, was the guy's name who owned it. And Leo would do, like literally scream from the back at them. Don't pass out so many napkins. And they all thought it was funny. 
until they started to look at the sheet of what it costs to buy napkins for a bar restaurant. You're sitting there thinking, oh, it's napkins. Dude, that stuff costs a ton of money. And if you're just like wasting them, it's, you're right, dude. The margins in a restaurant, that's why most of them close. It's not because the food's not good. It's because, honestly, it's weighing out the money and what do you buy versus what you, do, you don't buy. It could make or break you. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think when I was probably younger, I was probably like, well, you know, maybe like when I get older and I, you know, I'm ready to retire, maybe I'll buy a restaurant and like kind of had that dream of like, oh, dude, that'd be that'd be a fun thing to do. And then it's like, no, it wouldn't dude. that would be super stressful. That wouldn't be anything that like I would want to be doing with my life. Like, so why would I like I, I threw that idea away probably five, ten years ago. And every time, honestly, I, you know, I was talking about the, the 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 chocolate bar. Anytime I talk to Scott, the owner of TDs, he's always just like stressed out and doing all these things. And I'm like, dude, I don't want that life, man. I don't No, I, uh, I, I remember when it would do when I had the bar. Like people would be like, do you need to relax? It's like, dude, you don't get it. Anytime I'm not in that building, anytime I'm not there to watch over every penny that's in that place, A, I know my bartenders are stealing. It's just, dude, welcome to life. You just know they are. If, if they're not taking money out of the register, they're pouring drinks for their friends, they're doing stuff like that. Dude, the one way or the other, dude, a bartender is ripping you off every last chance they get. 90% of them. It's just the way it is. As a matter of fact, bar owners, you ever see you ever see your bartender with a calculator out? You need to fire that person today. The machine does all the calculating they need. You don't need a calculator on the side. That's a telltale sign right there. They're trying to keep track of how much money they stole from you and try to figure out how to put it back without you noticing. Dude, I'm just telling you. It, dude, that stuff, it keeps you awake. Every time you leave a business you own, it feels like you left a baby on on like the kitchen table with a knife in its hand, and you just know that when you go back in there, there's going to be a bloody mess to deal with. It, dude, it's a mess. Jeez. You never rest in that kind of line of work, dude. Ever. All you do is sit there and stare at your phone and watch security cameras when you're at home trying to relax with your family, and you're just waiting for somebody to steal. From, I mean, dude, that, that dude, it's a mess. You can make money. You can make money and you're working for yourself, which a lot of people like. And I did. I like that. Working for myself, I loved. Now, you got to be self-motivated. You kind of have to have that inside of you. But it, it can be a good way to make a living. But, dude, most of the time, I don't think the stress is overall worth it. There's a Florida story I can't wait to get into. A guy got into an argument with his girlfriend. All right. Right? They uh, were making dinner or whatever, and they started fighting. And food starting to fly. And, dude, he grabbed a piece of fried chicken and slapped her in the face with it. Jawan Brown, 23, was busted Wednesday evening after a dispute with his living girlfriend turned violent. Uh, He's 6'2", 220. He stepped on the woman's foot uh, foot, and then threw a piece of chicken at the victim, striking her on the left side of the face and glasses. Uh, He was arrested by a sheriff's deputy and booked into the county jail free on $5,000 bond. He's been ordered by a judge to have no contact with the victim. That's uh, going to be a little bit difficult as they were living together. So he's going to have to find a place to stay. Uh, he was arrested back in 2015 for striking the same woman who was pregnant at the time. Jeez. Should never hit a woman. Ever. But especially a pregnant woman. Before pleading no contest to a battery charge, he violated the terms of his pretrial release by calling and visiting the victim's residence despite a no contact order. So he's already shown last couple of times. You ordered me not to contact her. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously not making the best decisions in his life here. He not. Um, I, I guess, like, you know, don't get me wrong. When you get into a violent altercation like that, you know, things are going to happen. But I, I guess throwing fried chicken, like, isn't it going to burn your hand? Like, what do you do? Grab it up out of there and just throw it or grab it out of the bucket or like? I'm sure it was on a plate, maybe. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he pulled it out of the hot oil. That I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to be pretty stupid to try that. Well, much. I don't feel like this guy's necessarily the brightest bulb. Not real bright. Not real bright. If you're breaking, you know, restraining orders and that kind of stuff. And it, I just, I will never understand. Like, I guess I don't get it. 
and I don't want anybody to take an issue with me and going, dude, you're focusing on the wrong part. But, dude, how does somebody punch you when you're pregnant and you go back? Like, I just don't get it. Like, I understand it's like you feel victimized and you're afraid of what will happen if you leave. I get all that. I understand there's arguments for that. But once a dude hits me or a woman hits me, like, dude, I had this happen once where I didn't get hit with a piece of fried chicken, but I was making dinner with a girl in in the kitchen. And I'm sure those of you who listen know, like, I can be a lot to take. You know what I mean? Especially if you're trying to cohabitate with me, live with me, do that stuff. I can be a lot to take. And sometimes I like to push the envelope and just try to annoy people the most I possibly can. And I was kind of doing that. And next thing I knew, food was flying all around the kitchen. Pots and pans, all kinds of stuff. She just like unleashed and she went crazy. And I just got to the other side of it and I just thought to myself, this is who she is. Like this is where she's willing to go when fights happen. So if this is like the baseline, where's it? Where can it go from there? And I just thought better of it. It was like, dude, I can't be with somebody who physically whips things around rooms. And I got out of that relationship. I don't know. I did. I just. I will never. I will never ever be able to understand that. A thousand dollars up for grabs at seven ten on Rock one hundred six nine. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock one hundred six nine six nine. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 1069. Minutes away now from getting you hooked up with a thousand dollars. We'll give you your next keyword around 710. You'll text it into 200 200 be a $1,000 richer than you were the day before. Everybody kind of knows now that the Cavaliers not so hot right now. Uh, they're on a skid, not playing all that great. Apparently, there was an emotional meeting held by the team. I believe this was yesterday. And it seems like if you are to believe Adrian Wojnarowski, who is a credible NBA source, says the Cleveland Cavaliers held an emotional team meeting prior to Monday's practice where several players challenged the legitimacy of Kevin Love leaving Oklahoma City's loss on Saturday and missing then Sunday's practice, league sources are telling ESPN. In a locker room increasingly full of finger-pointing, apparently this is, again, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Love defended himself and explained his side to teammates, coaches, and management. Sources said at the end of the meeting, there was a sense with some that the team had worked out some issues, but ultimately that remains to be seen. Um, and then I guess LeBron then tweeted to Boogie Cousins last night. Yo, Boogie, chill out, man. Sheesh, super sick stat line. And we know LeBron. He's passive aggressive. He's um, he, he likes stirring drama. He likes when there's drama. And so people are taking issue with the fact that he said sick in this tweet to Boogie, but essentially saying, you know, we don't buy the fact that Kevin Love was sick and left that game due to him being sick. I also wouldn't think Kevin Love leaving the game means you get trounced by 30. Like, come on. Like, Kevin loves the linchpin so you don't get beat by 30? No, but I can understand why it'd be frustrating even in a loss why somebody walked off. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how bad it is, like, dude, we're in this together. And, like... I uh, I had dinner with somebody last night who has a theory on why the Cavaliers are bad right now. And I don't think since I've seen no other information to give me another reason that this is necessarily a crazy idea. And he feels like LeBron James has Nick Saban disease, meaning he can get you to the promised land. You're going to be great, but you're going to hate it every step of the way because he just wears you out. And he feels like, dude, a lot of these guys have been around LeBron for a couple of years now, and they're just getting to the point where you got LeBron fatigue, where you're just kind of sick of dealing with him. And he said, dude, look at Kyrie. Everybody was like head scratching going, why is Kyrie Irving trying to leave the Cavaliers as hard as he is now? And we all didn't want to admit it. And it's because LeBron James can be increasingly more difficult to deal with the longer you have to deal with him. 
He's a great athlete. MJ, dude, MJ punched teammates. Like, greatness sometimes will do that. You'll see Tom Brady rip into wide receivers on, on the sideline. Rip into them. Because greatness demands greatness. And I think some players are just getting worn out of playing with LeBron. So is that answer, so is the answer to that to the, for LeBron to be less demanding? Or is it should he, I mean... Well, I don't know how you, I don't know how you fix an NBA locker room. I'm not, you know what I mean? I have no idea how you get cohesive units on the floor. That's what we have this amazing coach in Ty Lue to do. Oh yeah, that's right. He's overrated. But isn't, but I mean like that demanding aspect, isn't that what makes you great? Like if Tom Brady had it, if I Jordan think, had it. Like, I think it's what makes... Them great. But look at the wide receiver situation in New England. How often does it flip over? All the goddamn time. Like, that's why, dude, everybody points out Tom Brady's never really had a Hall of Fame wide receiver except for Randy Moss. And it's because, dude, most of the time he's hard to deal with. So is this a fault on LeBron or is this a fault on everyone else? It's all, it, dude, where it's really a fault, if you're going to ask me my opinion, is management. Because you got to get your arms around LeBron James a little bit. Like, dude, he's supposed to run the floor. I'll give you all that. And yeah, dude, there's a, there's a little bit of greatness will demand more out of your players than they can think. It's not that it's ultimately bad, but you're going to have to understand that most people don't want to be managed that way. Most people can't like handle being managed that way. To me, this is a shortcoming on everyone else. If that's the case, if it's like, well, LeBron just too demanding, it's like, well, then that's softness nah, on your dude, end. No, dude, like, because dude, here's the thing, and that's what I always thought too. Because Maxwell was like this. Maxwell would send me home. In the middle of the show, dude, if I said something he didn't like, get in your car, go home. And everybody felt like it was mean. And I kept saying, it's like, no, dude, he's trying to show me how to be the best at this I can be. He's trying to show me what he wants from me. And, dude, as the lead, you kind of have to do that. I dealt with a LeBron James, dude. And I got to tell you, after seven years, your boy was kind of ready to be done. Isn't it what made you better, though? It did make me better. It doesn't mean that that's the way I want it to be. So, dude, you can want to be better, but it doesn't mean you want to go to work every day and have it be that way. Don't you have to deal with negative to to grow? Like, Not that- an NBA player. Not when you get paid $22 million to be a role player and be a bum. I, I just feel like, honestly, I feel like this is just like, if, if LeBron's too hard for you to play with, then so be it. And like, if that's, if, the, if that's it, that's not, I, I feel that's not on him. That's on you. Well, that's going to be the way it's going to go. Obviously, the Cavaliers are going to yield to LeBron and they're going to say, well, dude, if you want out, then get out. We'll f- go find guys who want to come play here. My thing is, dude, is that you're always going to see this because it's who LeBron James is. He's a throw a teammate under the bus kind of dude. He is. Every time something's going right, he's the man. When things start to go wrong, LeBron is a finger pointer. He just is. He's a total and utter millennial in that regard, where things aren't his fault. He is kind of like, dude, like, we need more players. We need this. I need this. And instead, dude, like, you're the greatest, bro. But by expecting more out of people, I just don't see it that I way. Don't, dude, I, dude, if you're sick, you're sick, though, right? Like, I mean, well, but if, if I would continue to play, that's just who I am as a person. But, dude, I think what you're dealing with here, and I'm not saying Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are right, but, dude, you, it's things don't always happen in the vacuum of, like, what should be. It's always the, the, the human being reacts to different things differently. And I think what you're seeing is guys have come here, especially Kevin Love, who's got a ring, and might just be like, you know what, dude, every time something goes wrong, it's blame Kevin. I'm done, dude. Like, I'm done. I think guys are starting to get to the point where they're worn out by LeBron James. I think that's fair, and I'm sure it is a demanding thing that you have to deal with, but if you're walking off the game, if you're walking out of a game in the middle of it just because you you feel like, oh, you know, I, I don't feel right, I don't buy that. I think that is a shortcoming, and like, dude... I, I, so you can't start a basketball game feeling like you're in one condition and then play it well, and realize I, I'm not, maybe I, I'm doing more harm than good? I think there's a reason why, these, why uh, multiple teammates question that. It wasn't just like, hey, this is 
is something that like came out of nowhere. Oh, see, I would say that what happens there is, is, well, dude, I'm not going against what LeBron thinks. Like, come on, dude. He's in there whipping votes. He's had an issue with Kevin Love since the beginning. That was the, that was the hardest teammate to get cohesive. How do we work Kevin into what we're doing? The first year, it was trade Kevin Love away. The first two months, it was trade him away. We made a mistake. What'd we do? And, dude, it's been blame Kevin all along. And I think if you're Kevin Love, you're like, you know what, dude? You got a lot of problems on your side of the end, too. But nobody can question you because you're LeBron James. And, dude, that would be hard to work with. Um, I, I, I understand if you are sick, then, yes, I take yourself out of a situation where you're, where you're worse. If you've got multiple guys, though, that are questioning that, I can understand why that causes an issue within your organization. If I feel like you walk out on me in the middle of something that we're in it together on, I don't trust you anymore. I don't respect you anymore. I, I understand that. If, I, if it were me right now, I would not come to the Cavaliers. I would not. Dude, if I was a free agent right now, I would tell my agent, dude, send me anywhere but there. Nowhere but anywhere but there. You know why? Because it used to be, dude, you go to LeBron, you go to the finals. Now, that may be true this year. It's still plenty of basketball to be played. But right now, dude, the last place I want to go is dysfunctional-ass Cleveland with an overrated coach who wouldn't get an offer from probably half of the other teams in the league, would not get an offer from those teams, yet we're told how great he is, and he's so good, even though we won a championship with somebody else's roster, the way, we, uh, the, the way people like to blast John Gruden, that's what happened with Ty Lue. So, dude, you got an overrated coach there. You got you got a player who then tweets at other players, basically telling you, "I want you to come here," which is what ultimately undercutting, cutting off your teammates at the knees. If I was a great NBA player, I wouldn't want to deal with it. I may even weigh it out like, dude, I might get a ring, but is that where I want to be every day? Is that what I want every day? The guys are going to have to weigh out. Is the ring more important than your everyday, day in and day out happiness? Because unless you're in LeBron's inner circle, dude, you're miserable. If you're an NBA player and you're questioning that, I don't think you're a great NBA player. Well, dude, there's a lot of guys in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, dude, that are ultimately in it to cash checks and don't really care if they win championships. Welcome to being a professional. Like, at the end of the day, dude, you start paying these guys this kind of money, their values and what they are are actually after starts to shift. At the end of the day, dude, you've paid these guys too much money to really care about championships. At the end of the day, back in the day, you you won a championship, you ended up making more money. We pay role players $120. Twenty million dollars in the NBA now. Expecting them all to be ring hungry is unrealistic. It's not going to happen. You've softened them by giving them too much money. Now, great, that's what the market will bear. And I love how NBA athletes all turn into Republicans. That then, well, look how much money you make. Well, I only make what the market will bear. They all want to trash the president, except for Tax Plan Week. Then they all shut up during that week. Notice that. Yeah, they all turned into Republicans when they found out they were going to make a lot more money. He is great, and he can probably lead you to the promised land, but he is going to wear you out mentally. And I don't care how good the situation is. I don't care how much the winning is. As a guy who was there, number one, every demo, four years straight, at the end of it, dude, you get to the point where it's like, I have got to get away from this person because they are just wearing me out. $1,000 up for grabs right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard LUCK 1069. We have Queen's Right tickets for you. Also, can't charge tickets. Those can't charge tickets will pass out at 745 this morning. That game's Friday night. It's also Dollar Dog Night. Phantom will be your arena host. Plenty of entertainment going on. A lot of entertainment. Plus, you can stuff your face full of hot dogs. Right. Dude, You could, how entertaining are hot dogs? Very. Dude, your boy might go to that. It's a cheap way to have dinner. 
Yeah, it is, dude. Do you buy because two tickets start for the charge games eight bucks? Yeah, right. So you buy eight, you buy an eight dollar ticket, buy three hot dogs. That's eleven bucks. That's cheaper than most restaurants. That is cheaper. And than I get most a little bit of basketball with it too. I like it. Uh, dude, it's a uh, it's a win 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 situation right there. You go see friend of the program, John Holland, do his thing. He played pretty good the other night when I was there. Yeah, they fell short, one hundred three to one hundred. But they were getting blown out in the first quarter. It was nice to see the Charge kind of rally back and make a game out of that. No, the thing I will say about NBA G League basketball is every game, every time, guys go out there and give it 100%. There's no debate about it. They all know that they are a sprained ankle away from a payday, and all they got to do is show that they're, you know, they're ready to go. So those guys, I mean, they do. They try. Those 10-day contracts that those guys can get from an NBA team is like life-changing money. Certainly, from like, our perspective, like, yeah. Like, what do those pay? Um, if you got, I think, I think the highest you can get paid in the G League, if you're not a two way player, is almost six figures. So, so like, two way players are people who will go back and forth between the NBA right. and the G League. London okay. Perantes and John Holland, those are the two way players for the Canton Charge. So those guys are officially Cavaliers, but they're officially on the Canton Charge too. As far as any other player, like any other team could come in and be like, "Yo, dude, our point guard, the Bucks, point we guard, need you." Sprained his ankle. We need somebody, bro. You're coming up here, ten day contract, and yeah, I mean, dude, you're, you're getting a significant amount of money wow. for you know, wow, for ten days there. Yeah, I mean, that's a, dude. No better reason to hustle than that, right? Is the money? I mean, well, dude, why are you at your job today? Why am I at my job today? Uh, it's, why are we here? It's it's, it's the money. It's <laughs> you know what I mean. Living inside is awesome. We kind of like that. So Raw celebrated their 25th anniversary last Indeed night. It did. It seems like a lot of you wrestling fans didn't love it. Um. You didn't love it. No, I'm going to give it. I mean, out of the out of the two thumbs up system, I'm going to give it one thumb up. I'm going to call it half a turd right there. Um, it didn't. It didn't live up to the hype, and maybe that's a problem with a lot of things these days. Is Anything, any, anything, entertainment, no matter what it is, whether it's you know, it's the, the greatest thing you're ever gonna say, right? I mean, it's you know, it's Game of Thrones, it's yeah. it's the second season of Stranger Things, it's all these different things that we put you're so much it. the sophomore album from anybody that we have such right. high expectations on that it's like, yes, this is going to be it, this is going to be the payoff, and when it's not exactly what we expect it to be, all of a sudden, oh, it sucks, worst ever. Terrible. So you didn't hate it. You just no. didn't think it. You just did not live up to expectations. No, and I mean, what it was in in twenty five years for a program to be on television, a weekly episodic television show, it's impressive. It is. Dude. I mean, outside of soaps, you just don't see it, right? And I mean, you've got soaps, the news. Yeah, but that's you know what I mean. That's, like, those are I mean, separate ball games, right? And it, 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 at this point, like the fact that they don't have an off season, the fact that it's three plus hours of original content live I on mean, television every single week. The amount of entertainers, because they're not wrestlers, they're entertainers. The amount of entertainers that you have to like foster, create, mold, hope, wish. Finger cross that they're going to be big enough TV stars for a 25 year run is a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of swings and and just horrific misses in their in their run. Um, but there's going to be when you do something like well, that. Not everybody can be us, buddy. And the um, the, um uh, the thing that I've always said about wrestling, and I think it's kind of as I've gotten older, maybe this is why I appreciate it a little bit more and like, I don't know, like have a different like relationship with it is you just have to look at it from the perspective of like, if you're looking at it as like, it's a sporting event, you're not going to be satisfied. You're going to hate it. If you look at it from the perspective like of a movie, right? Like it's a TV show about a sporting event. All of a sudden things are very different at that point. And when you start throwing in the factor that it's live, that, you know, these athletic, you know, uh, achievements,
events, not necessarily sports, but like, I mean, it's very athletic. I mean, like, you're not doing those things without some skill set there. I mean, did we give gold medals to dudes who jump hurdles? So right. it's like, I mean, right. you know, I, I, as, as a guy who does not like wrestling, and I think part of the reason why I don't get into it, and I think Brock Lesnar is a good example of this, right? is I like the UFC a lot. Right. And so you see a guy like Brock Lesnar who punches a dude in a cage and you see what it really does to him. Then to watch him in the WWE, it's not as impressive to me. And so I think being like a hardcore fight fan kind of ruins the WWE for me. Sure. I mean, but like if you watch like a football game, obviously those hits are real and like that's what's happening, but I can still watch any given Sunday and be like, all right, I appreciate that for what it is. It's yeah, not I don't as know good why- as a football game, but it's... I don't know why I can't get it because you're right. It's all it is is a performance, right? It's I mean it's it's these and essentially these are all actors who do live entertainment and like it, and that's the thing too is like it's just so impressive to me where it's like dude you know how they'll do like a very special live episode of Modern Family and everyone's like oh my god it takes like doing four it years to get it right. done and right and like and they make this huge deal about it and it's live and oh my gosh can you believe Sofia Vergara she remembered all of her lines and blah blah blah. I mean, these dudes are out here every single week with head trauma doing it. So, like, I, I, and I mean, like, that's just kind of thing. And, and last night was a good, you know, it showed kind of where things were, where things are, and hopefully where things are going when it comes to the WWE. That's their now, then, forever statement right there. Um, but I what think... Was, what was the biggest surprise? Biggest surprise? See, that's the thing is, I don't think anything was a surprise last night because I knew everything that was going to happen. Now, did you just know, or were there releases? Well, or? they said like Stone Cold will be there. You know, DX is going to be there. They got to use some things to promote. But I was looking for like, all right, here comes The Rock. That was going to be the surprise for me last night. I'm like, all right, The Rock. He's the biggest star in Hollywood right now, and he like, doesn't have to do it. And like, well, but he hasn't had to do it in five years. He'll still come back every now. Oh, and he, does and like, he? I didn't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't know yeah. He was he was at wrestling. I think it was two years ago with Ronda Rousey. For big moments, he'll show up and be like, dude, I'm home. This is what started me. This is who I am. Like, he still tips the hat. That I kind of like. That I like out of the rock. And, and, and the fact that he didn't show up last night kind of left the whole thing feeling hollow to me. Um, I, I, I don't, I'd like to see him wrestle. I don't think they did a good enough job of, like, reflection last night. And, like, I kind of wanted them to show, like, hey, here was this iconic moment that happened. And then here's, like, six different perspectives on it. You who know was, what I mean? Who was, like, running the WWE? I mean, obviously Vince, but I'm saying, right. like, as far as wrestler goes, like, who was, like, top of the pops when Raw started? When Raw started. Um, that was... Was I it, mean, like, the Heartbreak Kid era? Yeah, I was gonna say, that was really even before the Attitude era. I mean, I think Yokozuna was the champion. Undertaker was a big hitter. Um, Shawn, okay, yeah. Shawn Michaels, um, Bret Hart, but that was all prior to the Stone Cold Rock Dude, era your boy there. loved Bret Hart. I was I was a big Bret Hart fan as Excellence a kid. Excellence of execution, right there. I was a huge Bret Far, uh, Bret Hart fan as a kid. Love that dude. For like I remember watching hard. TV, going, I wish I could pull long hair off. Yeah, I wish I could pull long hair off because I can't. No, I mean, there's plenty of things you'll uh, you'll watch with pro wrestling, and you're like, all right, that looks cool, and you pink shades, it, I right? Pink shades. Put it on yourself, and it'd be absolutely terrible. Um, I, it, it, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's it's like anything else where you know expectations set happiness. So I was probably a little bit too like, well, this is going to be exactly what I wanted, but. Like I said, I think just like a little bit more like reflection, a little bit more of like, you know, uh, I watched this the other day and I thought it was perfect. And it was called uh, Springfield of Dreams, 
uh, the Homer Simpson story, or the legend of Homer Simpson. And what they did is they took an old episode of The Simpsons, and they took it like documentary style. It was that baseball one where they took all the yeah, best yeah. baseball players. Mr. Burns gets like Wade Boggs, Daryl Strawberry, all those dudes. Well, all those dudes, except for Daryl Strawberry being dead. But like all those dudes were like in... Those dudes were in the documentary about the episode, and they were talking like it was real. They were like, yeah, I remember when Homer did this. Oh, good and idea. it was awesome, dude. It was like so fun to watch, and so like, and I, I think WWE kind of missed that last night, giving perspective on the moments that we all remember. Yeah, I got to give you that. That would have been a good way to do that. I was interested because I know Scott from Winning for Next Year.com is a big fan too, and he uh, walked away feeling a little let down by it as Keith well. Keith Kennedy did as well, yeah. Yeah, well, Keith hates everything. Well, especially this conversation. <laughs> Dude, one of your wrestler buddies is in trouble. Yeah. Enzo, do it, is it Amore or Amore? Enzo Amore. Enzo Amore. A rape allegation back in October where apparently a woman went public with her story yesterday. Um, apparently, Enzo, real name Eric Arndt, along with two of his friends, got her effed up in a hotel room to the point to where she passed out. The woman claims then he restrained her and then the quote is, it happened. The Phoenix Police Department says officers respond, uh, responded to a local hospital on the 23rd of October for a call about a woman who claimed she was sexually assaulted. Investigators were assigned to the case. That case still open. As for the WWE, um, despite what a, you know, a lot of people problems have with you know with the sensationalism and that kind of stuff, they've acted you know uh, swiftly here. They have a zero tolerance policy for matters involving sexual harassment. So he is until this matter is resolved, he has been suspended. Not necessarily banned from the you know uh, thing, but he has been suspended until they figure it out. I don't think suspension's necessarily wrong in this case. I feel like moving away from somebody totally might be a little too far until we figure out what happened. Um, but I, but a suspension I get. But it did raise this question for me. Me Too is kind of like one of these things that's happening all over the country. And I don't necessarily disagree that we should be doing this. I think women have dealt with something that men, yes, have dealt with it. But I don't think on the level that women have. I don't think anybody's going to argue that with me. Um as a matter of fact, I had a woman get mad at me yesterday because I, I I posted a joke via Facebook. I said, wait till him too comes out. We come after all our alimony. And I was obviously just joking. But of course, women are like, you can't joke about that and all this stuff, right? So Me Too's happening. And it raised this question for me. And the, the example I have is Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger was accused of being sexually inappropriate. I don't remember the exact um, uh, things of the case, but the woman had claimed rape in a bathroom of a bar, right? Like Correct. He, it was rape, right? And like he kind of did his I'm sorry thing thing and then right back to work. So are we going to go backwards now and reopen these cases that were tried publicly in the public eye and we gave them the justice that the public demanded then? Are we going to go back and say, "Man, we were too light on this." Like we need to come we need to go back. I mean, dude, there's been a lot of this stuff that happened 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. The guy says he's sorry, right back making movies, throwing touchdown passes, whatever the whatever the, you know, celebrity job happens to be, and they're back at work. Well, I think you know, anything any sex crimes it always gets difficult to prove. 
And I think that the fact that there was a police report here, the fact that there was, you know, at least enough evidence WWE felt where they felt like they could move on it. Not every case is going to necessarily have had that where you could point to like, hey, no, this woman did make this report immediately after. But I mean, there's going to be plenty of cases where it turns into a literal he said, she said. And that's where it just gets more challenging. And especially once you throw some time in there where this is six months ago, where like Roethlisberger's thing is a decade plus. It's a while. I don't don't know exactly. I mean, it's closer to 10 than not, probably, I would imagine. I just, you got to wonder if guys like that aren't going, man. I'm glad I got. I'm glad I got through this before like Twitter oh, had hashtags. Of course, dude. Right? I mean, think about how many dudes, you know, acted inappropriately in previous, you know, decades or whatever, and right now are just sitting there thinking to themselves, God, if if this would have been me in this situation that I was 10, 15, 30 years ago, now you'd be a complete in a completely different world. Where it's going to get real tricky with that too, and this is a longer conversation than what I got time for now, but um, is kids coming into their own and their sexuality and figuring that out and like doctor and you know you make out with your first like sixth grade girlfriend and hands start moving around and it's gonna get that's where it's gonna get really tricky we've done a really good job thus far in this country keeping this about adults being inappropriate not kids exploring their sexuality and trying to figure out where their boundaries are and like what's right and what's wrong but essentially we are going to get there at some point it's just when I I'm hearing about all these guys and I was just thinking about Roethlisberger it's like dude that guy was dude a throw away from the Super Bowl and he's back at it like nothing ever happened and it's like well dude if we're going to go through we're going to make sure these actors can't work then why the hell are we watching Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday throwing footballs around is it because we prefer football to movies that we care more that it's like oh dude don't take my football away I probably wasn't going to go see that dude's movie anyway so take the movie out I don't know I don't know if that's what it is or not it just seems to me like there was there were guys who got away with this who all they had to do was say they were sorry and right back at work the next day, and now it's changing. And so I wonder, like, are we going to retro? Are we going to go back, or are we just going to say, okay, well that's the way it was. Now we're going to move forward. I don't know. It just was interesting. Like when I heard about this, I just could not get Ben Roethlisberger out of my mind because I was like, man, I kind of feel like had we had hashtags then, he probably wouldn't have skated, and I feel like he kind of skated. I don't feel I don't feel like that would have happened to him in 2018. It's just interesting. Again, like people kind of forget that. That dude's allowed to go on shows. He's allowed to be interviewed. Nobody's yelling at interviewers for, "Oh my god, you're giving a voice to a rapist." Nobody does that. Nobody does that. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. It's just interesting. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 1069. The Stansberry show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets. Momentarily, we'll pass those out. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need to win those. So Amazon yesterday in Seattle furthered uh, their quest of world domination by opening a cashierless store. So what happens is, is you open your Amazon app, you scan like a detector at the front door, you walk in, you grab things off the shelf, and there's like digital barcodes on it and it knows it's been removed and you put it in your bag and you walk out the door. Shortly after you walk out the door, Amazon sends you a receipt and tells you what you have bought. I feel like there's probably going to be a couple of errors along the way of you're paying for things maybe you picked up, put back down on the shelf and walked away. Yeah. Now they say, now look, we've tested this for a year. 
with our employees. We've thought all that out, obviously, as the guy who runs Amazon, probably smarter than me, right? And so they they thought ahead, and they feel like they've worked out a lot of these problems, and this opened yesterday in Seattle. And <clears throat> now you're going to hear people say all kind of crazy things about this. One of them is going to be, that's nuts. I would never shop that way. You're the same person who said you would never shop on the internet when that became the place to shop. And guess where you shop now? You shop on the internet, right? Yeah, you'll shop that way. I also heard this. If they're worried about shoplifting, instead of eliminating cashiers who actually provide a service, then why don't they start by eliminating the CEO who actually doesn't serve any real useful purpose? There we go. Most upper management positions could easily be replaced by with robots. Most of them don't actually perform any productive labor. No, 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 no. <laughs> see, this is, dude, this is, but see, dude, this is how dumb the average person is. Like, this is how dumb people are. Dude, the CEO is the guy that creates the environment at which you sell. Do you mean to tell me Jeff Bezos doesn't do anything? Which I, I might be speaking out of turn there. I believe he's the CEO, right? But I remember this argument with the $15 an hour minimum wage, right? And I, I remember telling you guys then, I could train somebody to work the front counter at one of those places in 10 minutes. You cannot do the same thing with the CEO. Now, should there be, should CEOs, are we, should we address how much money they make versus what employees make? Yeah, fine, I'm with you. But to pretend that CEOs don't do anything productive for the company is laughable. Yes, I mean, that's, that's, that's a ridiculous thought. And to say that, like, oh, yeah, you know what's gonna, we're going to do? We're going to replace CEOs with robots in the, in, the, in the labor aspect of it. That's who's going to keep their jobs. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. The problem is, and well, number one, it's Jeff Bezos. So obviously it turns into political, anything Amazon. Automatically becomes libtard. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's. I feel like at least part of the problem is that like you're you're going to see his name and automatically whatever political feelings you have for him are going to manifest themselves in your opinion of this. Um, it's just it's just like it's new technology, and I understand that at a point it's like, oh my god, is this what's going to be be the, be the end of all of it? But like society and like humans have evolved and moved forward. And if you would have told somebody 200 years ago, like, Hey, farm jobs are going to essentially be obsolete. Like nobody's going to work on farms. They would have thought, well, dude, that's the end of the economy. That's the end of the world. That's the end of everything. And it's like, no, we've, we've, we've evolved. We've moved forward. So, I mean, I can't say that like, well, this is the best thing for society as a whole, but it's not going to be the end of it. I do worry that it's very convenient, right? That when we do this stuff, we always get rid of jobs you can easily go get. And I think that that ultimately is not best for the people who live in my neighborhood. I get that. I do. And I, 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 you know what I mean? Like waitressing, serving as a job, it's kind of like you can always go get. Like being a, being a cashier, dude, if you fall on hard times or this and that, you can go get that job. If we start to erase the jobs that you go get when you've been downsized from your job to get you through, I worry what that does. On an individual level, I think that can serve as motivation in the sense of like, hey, uh, you know, uh, these jobs are disappearing. These low grade, you know, low wage, low skill jobs are disappearing. Therefore, I need to work harder. But from a societal perspective, I totally get what you're saying there and don't disagree with you. That yeah, like, I agree. I think if you're the kind of person who's going to be motivated, that that would. It would be like, all right, dude, shot in the ass time. I got to go get it. But bigger picture, as you step back, it's yes, not, I see where there's a problem. It's not the reality of most people, I don't think. Maybe I, maybe I just have a pessimistic view of the American worker. I just don't think that that's most people. Well, but the thing is, is that like, 
there's even if it is most people, there's only so many of those good jobs that you can achieve. That's so fair too. No matter how you cut it, there's going to be people, whether it was by lack of their own effort, their own skill, or just lack of you know availability. There's going to be people who are on the lesser side of things, and that's okay. I uh, I mean, dude, like who was it? Um, Elon Musk has said, "Look, dude, these robots are coming for your job." This is a guy who can create this stuff has created this stuff and has said, dude, I want to dial it down with my companies because I don't want to get rid of workers. But if we keep going down this path, we're not going to need you. Can't put the tube back in the pace. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, find that he feels that way. Most other places. Most guys right. who run companies who can do this are going to want to do. They're going to want to capitalize on the money. Guys and or women don't get hung up. But you know what I mean? Are going to want to capitalize on the most amount of money humanly possible made by your product. And that I mean, welcome to capitalism. That is who we are. This guy brings up an interesting question. What is Walmart do here? Like, what do other big box stores? Fine, leave the names out. But like, you know, what do they other do? Do they adapt, or, or you know, or, or do they go along with this and fire everybody else? And I, here's what: it's all going to depend on whether or not it works. Like, if Amazon does goes gangbusters with this, what you're going, I would, I would imagine. I don't know. I'm not an expert in business, but what I would imagine it would be is a company, a CEO is going to go into his office and run the numbers. How much is it going to cost me to digitize everything in my store, all of my stores, versus what I'm paying the worker right now? And is this still going to be the system we use five years from now, or am I going to have to do this again five years from now, and that cost may be greater than paying the employee? You've also got to factor in here that this is one store in Seattle, you said? Yeah, they opened their, uh, They opened yesterday in Seattle. I don't know if it's only one store or not, but they did open the one in Seattle yesterday. Walmart across the country knows that they're not always going to be dealing with the most tech-savvy people. This isn't going to be an overnight thing. I mean, is it long term? Is Walmart thinking like, all right, we'll watch this? But it's not like a year from now, Walmart's going to say, hey, Amazon in Seattle had this one successful store, therefore all of our employees are fired. It's a long term game. Then. Yeah, I mean, you got to use the Amazon app to get into the store. I don't even have that. And I'm willing to bet a lot of people aren't going to. So, yeah, I think you, for a while yet, my guess is, I don't know how long a while is. I will take the under on 10 years. But I think for a while, you're still going to have stores that are going to sell you on the convenience of just walk in, buy it, take it home. You know what I mean? And like, you can use cash, you can use debit cards. This and that. I think you're still going to find businesses who are willing to let you shop that way. But I would take the under on 10 years. And I, that to me is, well, it's a little scary when I start thinking about how many of you listening right now are in retail jobs. It's just, dude, that's, it, I mean, it's just terrifying. We have Canton Charge tickets. Let's get you hooked up. That game's Friday. It's also Sugardale Dog Night that night, Dollar Dog Night. And so we'll get you hooked up if you're caller 17 at one 800 Two four three seven six two five, and we'll do that. And the Browns have signed another coach. We'll get into that next on Rock one zero six nine. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock one zero six nine. Rock one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock one zero six nine. Excuse me. We're also online, WRQK.com. $8,000 up for grabs here momentarily. Still to come, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. You're getting new Maroon 5, new Dirks Bentley, and new AWOL Nation. All part of that this morning. You've, uh, if you want to be featured on New Tour Tuesday as a local artist, just send me your stuff at Stansbury at WRQK.com. Browns uh, hired an offensive coordinator yesterday. I know a lot of you are going to celebrate the fact that you feel like Hugh needs an offensive coordinator, and I won't necessarily argue that point with you. I uh, had said yesterday that I was going to be hesitant on the hire of Todd Haley from the Pittsburgh Steelers because he's been punched by multiple players for teams he's coached. He's also, he himself, been in two bar fights. And I feel like in this decade, 
that that's going to be a problem. And uh, it shows me a little bit of decision-making and not being able to remove yourself from situations maybe you should not be in as an NFL coach. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to say is like, well, dude, it's not a Boy Scout you know, league. It's These are professionals and whatever. I don't really care what the guy does on his off time. Fine. Okay, that's fine. Um, it seems to me like most of the national media feels like this legitimizes the Browns immediately hiring Todd Haley. And I don't necessarily see it that way, seeing how he was the scapegoat for Pittsburgh not being able to get it done. So, now, they are a much better team than we are. They are a much better offensive team than, than we are. So, I would agree that he has the ability to draw up plays, call plays, and things like that. If I'm Hugh Jackson, I worry about this hire. This seems to me like, come here, and maybe we turn Todd Haley into, into a head coach. Maybe not this next season, but I, if I'm Hugh Jackson, I'm looking over my shoulder a little bit today. Well, if you're Hugh Jackson and you're not looking over your shoulder, you know what I mean? Dude, you're 1-31. Like, no matter who you bring in, yes, you could get fired and they could replace you. When you have a record like that, and I've, I, dude, I said it last year when the, before the Browns even started the season, is like, at what point does the seat get hot for him? And, dude, if you're Hugh Jackson and you think you can lose one, two, three, four, eight games without being <clears throat> fired, you're crazy. And you should, I mean, like, there's got to be accountability somewhere along the line. So, you you need the fear of God putting you. Maybe it helps. You know what I mean? Like, again, with the quarterback everybody wants to pick up, Alex Smith, like when they brought Kaepernick in there, you know, he started playing a little bit better. Now, they ended up benching Alex and going to Cap, but he started playing a little bit better. They drafted that Pat Mahomes kid in Kansas City this last year, and what happened? Alex Smith balled out most of the season. There are guys who do get motivated that way. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anybody should ever just feel like, nope, my job's safe no matter what, especially when you're in a situation like that, dude. That's Everyone's fair. competing. Every, every day's a job interview. That is fair. So now you got you got Doug Williams, the defensive coordinator. You got Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator. You got a bunch of picks. You got a real GM. I don't know, man. Like I know I've been guilty of I'm buying them before. But this is the most optimistic. I'm sorry, I'm starting to get really get a cold. I am. Uh, this is the most optimistic that I have been for this franchise in a while, which is crazy because they haven't really done much to, to, to turn me. I mean, the GM. Don't get me wrong, great hire. I, I feel like John Dorsey was a great hire. Now maybe it won't. Now again, back in the day, I thought Holmgren was a, was a great hire too. So what the hell do I know? Not a whole lot, apparently. Right. I and look, just because Todd and I do got to on the fairness on the other side of my argument, I got to give you this. Just because Todd Haley got in two bar fights doesn't mean he's going to get in two more. Right. Like, there's no guarantee of that. And, I, I mean, I really do think it's worth noting that in his tenure with the Steelers, the Steelers were third in the league in yards per play. They were second in scoring behind New England in, in, in his run. So, like, the guy has a resume. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're just pulling this dude out of nowhere and, like, well, maybe he'll be able to do the it. The problem with numbers like that is people are going to, and I know not you, but people are going to go, see, we're going to get that. And it's like, well, no, dude, Big Ben helped that. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, dude, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, they're, dude, they're, that they're, roster is loaded. I mean, they've had consistently good wide receivers for 15 years, it feels and like, running at this backs. point. So, like, yes, I mean, you can't expect it to come in. And more importantly, really good defenses, which give, which normally will give your offense back the ball in favorable field position. But nobody is going to no coach certainly no, no nobody in a in a an administration role or anything like that is going to come in and start winning these games for you. So like if if you might as well take a swing at the best guy you have. You can't be scared of it. Like you can't be scared to make a move. Like a lot of people are, are hesitant like and again, I was scared of pulling the trigger on a quarterback that may bust. I've been scared of that the last few years. But at the end of the day, what's it matter? Right. Most most quarterbacks bust. 
You're not losing more games. And so, right. The most quarterbacks bust. So at the point, the point being, take the bat off your shoulder, make a swing and figure it out. And, and I would agree. And so now people are sending me, to, I didn't know this, but the, according to Twitter, D-Wing sent me this, Todd Haley was 19-26 and 26 over three years in coaching in Kansas City. I'd have to go back and look at who we had and what the what the rest of the division was doing and like all that to really I mean, dude, numbers are numbers, but they don't always tell you the whole story. I'm not knocking the argument. I'm just maybe maybe he's just better off as a coordinator than he is a head coach. We've seen that Romeo Cornell was that guy. Well, and at this point, as as you sit here with you I like know, that hire too, by the way. So with, I don't know anything with a front office that people feel like is now acceptable. You have a head coach that some people are, you know, railing against. Other people feel like never got a fair shot. This is your year. You've got two coordinators that it seems like are well respected in the league and uh, applauded, you know, mostly by people who know something. So at this point, dude, excuses over. Go get players and go win games. I would agree. It's- you, you can't have it anymore of well to rebuild. You know? I- I mean, it's no. I would agree. I mean, at this point now, you got Hugh Jackson, who was who was a really good offensive coordinator, made Andy Dalton look really good, right? Although Muhammad Sanu helped with that, and so did AJ Green. But and as soon as Muhammad Sanu left, then what happened to Andy Dalton? He started to look more like Andy Dalton, and so that that will happen. But you got him offensive minded. You got Todd Haley now, an offensive mind. Um, you got a GM that can, has been shown or has shown you he knows how to pick players. I agree with you that I think, honestly, that there's no excuse for you not to win, and this is going to sound like bottom of the barrel, but there's no excuse for you not to win three games next year. I, I, I mean, dude, coming off a zero-win season, there's no excuse now for you not to win three. Wow, dude. If that's if that's if that's and I'm I'm trying to be realistic with like, well, what do the Browns need to do to be successful? Man, if that's the line of success, dude, that just really does speak to how poor this organization is. I don't know if it's the line of success. I think it's the well, line of I think this is the bare minimum you how many, should be able to give me. How many how many do you have to win for Hugh to keep his job? Three, four, five, six, eight? I Well, that's a two answer question. Because you're asking me what I would think and then what I think the NFL will do. I think if he doesn't win five games next year, Hugh's in real trouble. I, I do. I, I think I think he may be in real, real trouble. If it, if it's under five. I think five's lofty. I do. But again, we don't, and I keep saying, I feel like Dorsey's going to go get you a veteran quarterback to kind of fill in the roster, and we don't know who that is yet. We don't know who that is. You bring Alex Smith in, and that changes all kind of stuff. Yes, there's a lot of obviously, um, you know, unknown variables at this point, but you also have to think, all right, well, so if they bring a veteran quarterback in, and how could that change the game? You're also bringing in, what was it, eight draft picks this year, and that's eight more rookie bodies into the organization <laughs> right now, and adding a bunch of youth, don't get me wrong, feels good for the future, but for the present, doesn't necessarily bode well for me. So, like, I know it feels like, dude, eight draft picks, and they're all going to be knockout studs, and they're all going to be dude starters. Now, 60% of guys like, drafted fail. Uh, 60. Linda's asking me, she goes, I have a dumb question. I'm not all that, you know, I'm not all that knowledgeable in sports. Why do coaches get fired when the teams lose? They're not on the field. The players are. But the players end up staying and the coaches move. That's a, that's a decent question. And I would tell you, Linda, I think overall the answer is this. Is that players, by the time you reach the professional level, know what to do. They know what to do. What the coach's job is, is to be able to wrangle 53 multi-millionaires and get them to play 
non-selfish football and get them to play together as a unit. That's what coaches do. You massage the egos. You convince guys why it's okay to give up the ball, why it's okay to run the run misdirection, why it's okay. It, that's what you're fostering the ideal. And I mean, you're the top of the organization. You're, you're the, the face. top, right? So like, the Bucks got to stop somewhere, and it goes uphill. If you take, here's what I'll say on the Todd Haley situation. If you take the bar fights out of it, I'm okay with it. So just because he's been in two bar fights doesn't necessarily guarantee he will be in more. And so I guess I got to like just start to err on that side. Because if you take those two things out of it, I don't necessarily hate this hire. I think if you... And it seems to me the national media, not like they ever know any more than you and I do, but they seem to think that this legitimizes the Browns immediately. And... You know, Fantone brings up a good point here, where you put a little fire under Hugh Jackson's ass, maybe all of a sudden then, dude, it becomes a little bit more of a, dude, I better get this done. Maybe that does happen. We do have a shot for you to win $1,000. Here's your keyword right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9 online for you, WRKK.com. Get you up to the Queensryche tickets around 845. And as a matter of fact, coming up at 9 o'clock during New Tour Tuesday, where you're getting new Maroon 5. New Derek Spantley and new uh, AWOL Nation. We're also going to have a pair of tickets for you to check out OSU coaching legend Jim Tressel as he'll be at the Palace Theater on Sunday and our good buddies, the Wakeham Auto family, the presenting sponsor of that event. And so uh, I reached out and they were like, yeah, man, we got some tickets. We'd love to send some of your listeners to them. Nice. So yeah, dude, we'll, uh, we'll send some people to go see Jim Tressel on Sunday at the Palace Theater. Shout out to Wakeham there. Yeah. Good dudes. Uh, Emmy writing in and says, look, Todd Haley's been great. And I think he'll help the Browns, but she also feels like, you know, I feel like he's part of the reason why they lost in the playoffs. He's just, he gets a little too conservative at times and he and Ben had been butting heads. He's like, so, you know, she's like, I worry about that happening here. And the rumor has been is that Ben Roethlisberger hated Todd Haley. Hated him. Now he's not wild about Mike Tomlin either. So maybe it's a big Ben issue. Could be a big Ben issue, right? I mean, if it's both your coaches, maybe, maybe it's not the coaches, maybe it's you, Right. Um, and I don't know. I don't know, Ben. But, I mean, maybe. I, I, I could maybe see that. Um, but when you're going to talk about, I would imagine, bringing in a rookie quarterback, um, having two offensive coaches uh, who have been coordinators, who have been successful coordinators in Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, uh, I, I don't think it's terrible. Uh, the thing that's holding me back on Todd Haley has been the bar fights. But just because he's had a couple of incidents before doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen to him again. I've done embarrassing things that I should not have done, and I would not do them anymore. So if that can be true of me, then it can be true of Todd Haley. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I understand the thought of like, well, they didn't win a playoff game, but like, you got to remember what the Browns are they going for. Forty two, right? And and they they were in the playoffs. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. So, like, we have to remember, like, what the goals here are. Yeah, you got to get the players, and you got to get coaches who can help give them what they need here. Maslin Police had a little bit of a of a scary afternoon the other day, as uh, a Maslin man in custody after shooting another man and then holding a woman and her three children against their will. This was in Perry Township. Police say 35-year-old Christopher Farini is now in custody after facing uh, and is facing charges, rather, of attempting to commit aggravated murder, aggravated burglary, aggravated menacing, and four different counts of kidnapping. Obviously, holding four people beyond their will there. Officers responded to a welfare call and a report of shots fired at a home in uh, Tyner Street in Canton. 
around 10 a.m. I'm sorry, so this would have been Canton here. Monday morning, when they arrived, they found a man who uh, sustained a gunshot wound and that a woman and her three children had been held at gunpoint against their will. Police say Farini shot the man who was coming to the house to check on the mother and her kids, then fled the residence. Located later in the day, the Massillon City Police Department, Navarre, uh, United States Marshal Service, the Tuscarora County Sheriff's Office, New Philly Police Department, Regional Emergency Dispatch Center, and Perry Township Fire Department all assisted in this case. Jeez, that's a lot of manpower. Perry Township Police Chief Michael Pomeski notes that the department notified Perry local school administrators of the case in efforts to keep outside activity at the schools to a minimum. This was done for the protection of all children in the community. It wasn't like at the school or anything like that, but that's probably not a bad idea, you know, just to stay cognizant of that and uh and, you know, try to do anything you can not to allow that to happen. What a terrifying day that had to be. That's just, dude, I always say it. That's a job that I just wouldn't want. Uh, I think it probably comes with some perks, too. But I think being a cop ultimately is a job I would not want, which, by the way, we will be joined in studio Friday morning, 9 o'clock, by our good buddy, Officer Lamar Sharp. Uh, he's gotten together with a couple of motivational speakers, and I forget the name of the event. Please excuse me, but he's doing a, um, an anti-bullying type campaign. And uh, he has asked for a, a couple of minutes of airtime to invite the community out. We love Lamar. Try to do everything we can to help Lamar out. So he'll be joining us in studio Friday at 9 a.m. Wow, man. Dude, three, dude, ima- dude, just imagine being a woman. You got your three kids in there. And a dude's just holding you with a gun, like the gun. Like how terrifying is that? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a. Um, you have lasting consequences to this. I mean, you're gonna have to talk to somebody after you've oh, essentially yeah. been kidnapped. Oh yeah, it's gonna take you a little while. I would imagine that there's a little bit of PTSD that's going to come along with that. We do have Queens right tickets, and I'm going to take issue with an organization that I normally absolutely 100% love, but I think they're doing something wrong, and uh, we're out to correct. It. That will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. Going to get you hooked up with these Queensryche tickets here momentarily. They're playing the Hard Rock Rock Casino. May 4th. We'll get you into that. Man, dude, I think the Hard Rock kind of gets slept on and the quality of artists they bring through on a regular basis. Just always these great acts and it's like, man, Queensryche, dude. Where, you know, where else are you going to see them? That's a, I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, dude, they constantly bring in good stuff. They, uh, Bill Maher's coming there, dude. I can't wait to go to that. Yeah, dude, they just got it right. I mean, like, look at the last year alone and like the different artists. You and I, Vince Neil, right? Uh, uh, Diana Ross, like all these different, oh, like all Diana. these, all these different like genres and like things, and like they bring it all together, make it all happen with a kick-ass buffet, dude. Hats off to the Hard Rock. Yeah, I'm a. Uh... I'm looking forward to that Bill Maher show. I can't wait to go there. I love him. Whether I agree with him or not. I mean, I, I agree with him a lot, but when I don't, I still find him to be entertaining and the delivery to be really good. As a matter of fact, I feel like he nailed the other day a lot of the problems with these Me Too people. And like he pointed out that it's like people went after Matt Damon for saying that there's a difference in slapping a woman's ass and raping her. And people like jumped his ass for it. And Bill was like, look, there is a difference in those two things. They're both wrong. But there is a difference in them. And and, and, and and how you point that out, I guess, is where people are going to get upset or not. Because it's like you can admit there's a difference in them and that you're going to have to treat things as an individual case. It's it's not like Matt Damon said, well, it wasn't that bad that I smacked someone's ass because other people get raped. He That's just, not the argument that he was he making. He just asked the question, are these not different things and there should there not be different punishment for separate things? And I don't think what he said was all that crazy. 
but you can't say stuff like dude it's like when i when, when i warned people the other day about the the dangers of drinking and driving online i said dude save yourself the ten thousand dollars and don't drink and drive it's not about money it's about the fact that you could hurt somebody that's what people do now is that even if you're out there trying to do something good, you didn't do it good enough, or you didn't mention every aspect of the conversation. And in Bill Maher's post, again, he kind of talks about people who are like, you're changing the conversation. And Bill says, no, I'm just trying to have an additional conversation, which is totally okay. People jumped on, on Matt Damon for that, and, and, and I feel like wrongfully. Like, there is a difference in smacking somebody's ass and raping them. They are both wrong, yes. I'm not arguing for slapping a woman's ass. I'm saying they are very different things, that and rape. Like, and what we're doing now in this movement, and I believe in this movement, and I feel like it needs to happen, and we need to have more open conversation. But the problem is, we are making everything rape now. We are making it all as evil as rape. And I feel like that's a little too far. Now, what will probably happen, and why, I don't, why I'm not going to go overboard on it, is I think we'll probably level it out. We'll go through a little bit of this where we overreact, where we go too far, we start calling everything rape, and then we'll realize, okay, well, we're not really doing the best thing for ourselves. Let's reshift the focus, and we'll get it right. I think we will ultimately, in the end, we will get it right. But there's going to be some bumps in the road along the way. I have an issue with an organization I normally am a huge fan of, right? I like the UFC. I'm a big UFC fan. Went out actually Saturday night, watched the UFC fight in public, wanted to see Stipe fight, bet the fight, was worried when the fight started that Stipe was going to be outmatched. Now, one of the reasons why I felt that way is because the UFC spent two months telling me he was. Stipe's camp kind of feels like the UFC was billing this fight as the beginning of and I hope I get this guy's name right Naganyu era that's the last name of the guy he fought right they were kind of treating it as this was going to be the beginning of his era and they kept calling him the baddest man in the sport and all this stuff. And Stipe's camp is like, dude, I'm out here. I'm gonna defend I'm going to defend this belt for the third time, which is the longest reign in UFC heavyweight champion history. Seems kind of crazy to me, right? Like three fights is the longest reign. I mean, I, I, just, I think it seems off. I think you're gonna have shorter reigns because of the different fighting styles. Where boxing, I mean, yes, guys fight differently, a little rope a dope versus aggressive or whatever, fine. But, like, there's so many different... I think there's, like, something like 220 fighting styles in the UFC where I think sometimes you're just going to catch a guy off guard and knock him out. I wonder, is that is that heavyweight only or is that all titles in UFC? Because I can't imagine that that's the case. I can't imagine it's the case for all the belts across the UFC. It happens to be the, the thing for the heavyweight belt. And I'm with Stipe here. Now... I will admit there's some homerism in this, right? From Euclid and that whole thing. So he's you know, he's got the Ohio ties. So I want to. So maybe I'm looking. You know what I mean? Just to be in his camp a little bit because the Ohio ties. I'll admit it. But there was something about that fight when he came out of the back and he's walking towards the cage and Naganyu does like this whole thing, right? Ever and Stipe just comes out UFC shirt, shorts, a hat on backwards, twisted to the side just a little bit, all Euclid. If you live near there, you know what I'm talking about. Here would be Alliance. And he's just strutting towards the cage. And I thought to myself as I watched, I was like, see, dude, that's why he's the man. 
Like, he's just walking towards the cage like it ain't no thing. Like, he's going to get in there, and he's just going to get the job done. And Dana White, like, you actually can watch it. There's videos on, on YouTube now where Dana White goes to, like, and he, Stipe, like, yanks the belt out of his hand, gives it to his trainer to put the belt around him. Normally, Dana White puts the belt around him. In a lot of cases, Dana White will put the belt around him. And Stipe didn't want it because he feels like the UFC isn't doing enough to promote him. Now, Dana White says, look, Stipe's not interested in helping me promote fights. Like, he's not a promoter. That's not his... That's fine, and I would grant you, and I've said this multiple times, Stipe is not the marketing machine Conor McGregor is. I will full-on admit that. But the problem is, nobody is the marketing machine that Conor McGregor is. Nobody. So stacking them up next to Conor is unfair. Outside of outside of Conor McGregor, though, I mean, can you look at other dudes and see why they had star power? Like, why Rampage had star power? Why why Chuck Liddell had star power? Why those guys did and maybe Stipe doesn't necessarily? I feel like Chuck may have gotten a little lucky just because of how early he was in the sport. I, I can just see it. And I, you mentioned the, you know, the Ohio tie to it. So if I try to remove myself from that, I can see why the UFC doesn't look at Stipe and think to themselves, well, this is the guy we want to get 100% behind. I get that. I do. There is there is equity in... Uh, I mean, dude, when he takes his shirt off, you would say to yourself, if you didn't know him, and he took his shirt off, you'd be like, that guy's the champion? Right, dad bod. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, he's just a dude. He's just a dude. And, and, and don't get me wrong. There's some equity in that. There is some like, hey, this is, you know, the every every man fight, the every man fighter here. But at the same time, if you're really looking for star power, I understand why you want somebody else with that belt on them. I mean, you're in the business of selling pay-per-views. So you're you're right. You do need star appeal. Now you're not on TV. Key, you're selling pay per views. Key difference there. We have two very different goals. The UFC's goal is to sell pay per views. Steve's deal. Our goal is to win fights. Right. And those two goals at times work in opposite directions. But again, like I'll get all right. I'll give you a perfect example of a guy who fights boring, who everybody says fights boring, and yet they promote the crap out of him, and it's Daniel Cormier. Now, I love the way Daniel Cormier fights because I feel like it's really smart. He makes his opponent carry his weight, wears you out, and then he still has knockout power in that right hand. Now, he's not a knockout artist, but he can knock you out with that right hand. Daniel Cormier, I love the way he fights, but people find it boring. But the UFC wrapped their arms around. Now, maybe it's the Olympian thing, right? Maybe maybe it's that. But I'm the UFC, and I'm Dana White, and I got and I got Conor McGregor holding me over a barrel about when he's going to fight again, and Nate Diaz, and all this stuff. I think I'm out there marketing a guy who's now won the belt three times over. Well, hey. I, I think the next fight, I think you got to market Stipe well. And this all goes back, by the way, because Dana White was unhappy about the fact that Stipe kind of dug his heels in and wanted his title defense in Cleveland. Dana White did not want that fight here. A part of the problem is here, it's, it's like, yes, I understand this isn't the ideal situation for you, UFC, right now. But in the moment, this is what you have. Don't leave money on the table. And that's what they're doing. Like, that's where the issue I see is that, like, all right, this isn't the perfect uh, champion for you, but this is what you have. So take advantage of the situations and the opportunities he presents you. And when he inevitably loses, which, of course, he will, you can move on. The actual. Who sent this to me? So I know I have it. Matt Gibbons sent this in. And it turns out that Anderson Silva has had, if I'm reading this right, 11 title defenses, but he's the UFC. He was the middleweight champion, not heavyweight. So this is the longest tenured heavyweight. I, uh, 
Yeah, people are saying Cody No Love seems very marketable, and I would agree. The tats and the trash talking and the, the bobbing and weaving. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of the smaller guys are kind of running the UFC now. Like, there's something about watching a small dude have that much power that's very attractive. Well, dude, you land a million punches and a million kicks, and it's just exciting. I mean, I talked about it yesterday where it's just like two big-ass dudes blow, you know, body-blowing each other just doesn't hold the appeal that it once did. Like, I mean, but, I mean, did he open as the underdog? Now, that's Vegas. Not That's not UFC. That's just what Vegas thought he w- would happen. And, again, I got Stipe at plus 167 and won some money. But apparently he got Brian's telling me, dude, Stipe got paid $200,000 less than his opponent. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the champion should get paid less than the opponent. I'm not sure about that. I'm sure there's there would be a matchup where I could feel that that would be all right, but this one doesn't to me, and that's probably homerism on my end. Isn't he always getting hosed with contracts? Like, dude, when are you gonna when are you gonna lawyer up and get someone better and then represent you get more money? I mean, didn't he say he didn't read his first one? Yeah, like, bro, you gotta yeah, come on. I'm, I can't cut you. I can't cut you a break on that. But back to the markability. I mean. Fantone, the guy's a blue-collar dude, which I'm guessing most guys who watch the UFC probably are. I don't know. I could be speaking out of class there, but I feel like that might be true. And, dude, still a part-time firefighter. There's not a way to market that. There is. There is. Is that ever going to be as marketable as a, you know, as a, a loudmouth Irish dude with tats? Well, no. I think what a lot of people are going to say is that maybe we're marketing the wrong things. And that if you're looking to market the right things, that Stipe's the way to do things right. Connor's an example of how not to do things properly. And yet you want to wrap your arms around the madness of a guy that throws water bottles at weigh-ins and does all this stuff. Well, because, I mean, the UFC's goal is to sell tickets, not uphold the integrity of, of, of you know, what their fans think it should be. I mean, it's fighting. Right. I mean, it is fighting, ultimately. And you're right. They're out to sell pay-per-view, so they got to do that. But again, I just think if I'm the head of the UFC, which I know they sold it or whatever, but if I'm Dana White, I want to promote Stipe. That way his pay-per-view numbers get better. And it doesn't look like he's going to be done being champion anytime soon. So maybe get over this pettiness of it and throw the guy a little bit of promotion. Try to do the right thing here. We have Queensryche tickets. They're playing May 4th. Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. Let's send you. We'll take caller 2-1-800-243-7625 on those. And start New Tour Tuesday next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast and I want it done right. And that's where North Canton Collision comes in. No matter what type of accident you've been in, big or small, North Canton Collision fixes them all. You can call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason right now at 330-499-5171. And those guys will be glad to give you a no-cost estimate on your repair. Again, it's North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. And I made it all I wouldn't have guessed that was him. Sounds different to me. He's different, right? It's still Adam Levine, um, but I think this seems a little bit more... Uh, I mean, there's definitely a filter on it. Yo, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems a little bit more produced, and you can kind of even hear it in the music where it doesn't necessarily sound like he had the rest of the band with him. This kind of sounds like an Adam Levine Like he went project. in uh, late night, just cut vocals. I agree. Apologize. I'll make up, make up, make up, make up for all those times. 
Yeah, I mean, this isn't standard Maroon 5 sound. Not even close. Begging you. Can you turn around? Can you turn around? Just wait. Can we cut this out? Can we work this out? Just wait. Give me the remix with the rapper. This just sounds like Hook to me. Not like a whole song. Decent chorus, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely got the hook. Can we talk for a moment? Got these feelings. He sang the hook on a big boy song on that new album called Mike Jack. And yeah, it's it was really good. So good. Can we talk for a moment? Got these feelings that I'm to say this song. I wonder if he ever wants to write a song other than the song he has to write all the time. Because yes. this is just really like, dude, it's every other Maroon 5 song. Like, girl, I love you so much, but we can't be together. But blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, I wonder if this dude's ever like, man, I wish I could just write a song like Rush one day. Of course they do. But the problem is, and like this is, this is how finicky the music fan is. If an artist goes out on a limb, try something different, why'd you change it? I liked you. Who right, were you? It sucks, right? But if they continue to do the same thing as, man, they just sound the same. It's like you, you'll you never be happy with what a band does. I would have never guessed this was Adam Levine, though. Ever. Maybe I don't know his voice as well as I think I do. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a filter on it, but I can still tell it's him. Oh, I see. I would have never guessed Adam Levine. Maybe I don't know his voice as well as I thought. Kind of getting into the Ed Sheeran territory a little bit. And all those kind of songs. They've had a, an incredible transformation. I mean, they started out as like a ska band and then kind of turned into like this. Which is all right, because Scott sucks. You talk to me about no doubt all you want. That band sucked. Were they a Scott band? No doubt? No. Yeah, the, like, the, like the beginning makings of that. Yeah. They were like a rock band. Yeah, I mean, I know that first album. I just didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know they no, had a I'm Scott talking chapter. Like, I'm like, like talking like before that, and they couldn't make it. I feel like all of this is chorus though. Wow. There's uh, the end of Maroon 5's Wait fans. Don't give me the vote there. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. Um, it was all chorus, but it was a pretty good chorus, so I don't feel like that was a great song or anything, but it was half a turd. It was all right. I'm going to disagree. That's a complete and utter big old turd. It's a turd. For, for what you want out of Maroon 5, that was a big swing and a miss. We'll have the new Dirks Bentley, Women Amen, next on Rock 
But I need all the cracks in my shattered heart Cause that's where her love gets in What? Give you lyrics. I like how like driving the song is, but I feel like it's a little bit rushed. So far, it's not great. Like you could step the tempo down a little bit. It sounds like he's trying to keep up with it. Yeah, like it seems like everything's like, all right, man, hey, get it, get it, get it, get it. Forgiveness of sin and your undying love Every twist, every turn for the way you made sure All my roads led to her So tonight I will fall I've made this point before and I know songwriters have to write about something Right But at what point are women going to be sick and tired of being the thing that has to turn you into the grown-up you should be? Yeah. Like, at what point are they going to be like, dude, I don't want to work. Like, people tell me, bring Boogie Cousins here. LeBron will turn him into an adult. Dude, he already did with JR. Maybe he's tired of it. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. I, I don't get that. And undying, love every twist will they stop writing songs about it when men start growing up without a woman's help? No. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and until I guess maybe that's a little bit more on us than, than, than them. I mean, it's just it's like, dude, women have got to be sick and tired of like, yeah, dude, you were a mess. You couldn't get mustard off your t-shirt until I moved in here. Like, they got to be tired of that. Forgiveness of sin and your undying love Every twist, every turn for the way you made sure All my roads led to her So tonight I will fall down on my knees Cause Lord knows how lucky I am I'm gonna shout at the top of my lungs Thank God for this woman, amen Dirk's always singing about God and Jesus, or is oh, this, yeah. okay, he's, a, he's, oh, an, all, he's yeah. an all-the-time God guy, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's just so much faith, grace, amen. I know he, he had that song, I Hold On. Okay. And um, he, he was big into, like, that's what, like, he holds on to his faith, and he holds, yeah, I mean, so he's right. been about it for a while. Song is straight stolen. Fantone, give me the vote there. Under- <laughs> it's half a turn.
Uh, I'm going to go with Half a Turd just because, like, I think that song's going to resonate with the country audience. I don't think it was necessarily good, but I can definitely hear that getting bumped on a regular basis. Yeah, you tell women how important they are in your life, and they're going to find a way to love that. Like, they're not going to hate that. But I disagree. I felt like it was a bad song. I'm voting Turd on that. It's a Turd. Did not much care for that one at all. We have new AE Wall Nation. We have those. And we also have a pair of tickets for you to check out Jim Trestle at the Palace Theater on Sunday. We'll close out the program next on rock106.com. Another reminder, Officer Lamar Sharp will be joining us Friday morning in studio around 9 a.m. He's part of Project Believe, and they're doing an anti-bullying event, a free event to bring all communities together. Chris Downing and Alec Wayne will also be on site. This will be Thursday, February 8th, 7.30 at the Canton Palace Theater. Tickets go on sale this morning at 10 a.m., but they're already worried that they might not that they might not have enough and that they might sell out. So he will be bringing a pair with him Friday morning as we talk to Lamar Sharp and uh, talk the dangers of bullying in schools and uh, well outside of them as well. I, I would imagine we're nearing the end of New Turd Tuesday. Already played you the new Maroon Five. We were split. Phantom felt like half a turd. I felt like turd. Then we did you uh, the new Dirks Bentley, and again we were split. Phantom felt like half a turd. I felt like full blown turd. And we uh, have now the final song of the episode this week, which is New AWOL Nation and their song Handyman. Other than sale, did they have anything? Am I something I'm missing? Am I something I'm not thinking of? Mm, there was one more, but it was it never hit the way sale did so if you're stacking it next to that i don't believe so no i'm gonna look that was a huge song oh good a massive hit and that's the whole thing is like dude how do you follow it that's gotta be hard i'm a sinner i will consider i am my father's son i'm a sinner i must consider i've never owned a gun I'm a sinner, season beginner, lucky to be alive. I'm a sinner, finished my dinner, now I can go outside. Jeez, that was all bad. Yeah, that was not good. This guy needs to yell sale. This song is just everywhere. Like, I'm just trying to... You can finish your dinner, then go outside. You've never owned a gun. You're afraid of the government. It's like, dude, come on. Like, dude, hyper-define what it is. It just feels like, you know what it feels like to me? Like, he's grabbing everything from the headline he can get his hands on. Well, people are anti-government right now, so get that in here. People have issues with guns right now, so get that in here. It just feels like he's just grasping. I'm not brittle. I'm just a little scared of your temperament. I'm not brittle, I'm just a little scared of my government I'm not brittle, head hurts a little, staring up overhead 
Sounds like he listened to all that like 80s like kind of alternative talking heads and like violent femmes and that stuff and was like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna write a song like that and you you didn't succeed. No, you didn't get it. You didn't get as close as I would have liked. The talking heads were legendary way before their time. I feel like that band doesn't get the credit they deserve. No, no, no. I mean, and that whole genre was just, it was such a weird time in music. I feel like these dudes and Cage the Elephant are the same band to me. Like, I sometimes, I don't know who's who. You can interchange them. I like Cage a little bit better, but you can interchange them. Oh, that'll make it better. Just do what we need to do it. And the color girls say. Yeah, making the song longer wasn't the thing that was stopping it from being good. You know what this reminds me of? Like when you're in line at a coffee shop right. and you're hearing something, you're like, Jesus Christ, who listens to this? Right. What am I doing in a coffee shop and what am I, why am I spending this much money on this? That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> like, the, like the barista's playing his own band. Putting the CD cover on the front as if like staff pick, as if like that's going to make me go, oh, well, the staff picked it. It's awesome. It must be, it must be pretty good. Well, at least if it's like the barista's band, it's like, okay, this is like, a, this no is wonder a, you're awful. A label pushed this. Like. Right. Dude, you're playing for sleep. Play the song. You're going to make it. Keep playing the guitar. That's what we need. Just keep saying a little bit, a little bit more guitar there. Just make it longer. Just strum it along. Make it longer. I thought this was going to be a cover of the James Taylor song. It was not. Oh my fade, god, and the fade, fade making it worse. I feel like I already know. Fans, oh, make it visual for me. It's a turn! I usually try to find something redeeming in a song right there, but there was nothing to it. That certainly wasn't my cup of tea. That was not a hit record. There was nothing redeemable about that song. Giant, smelly turd right there. I, uh, I, yeah, that song was a big turd. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was that, I mean, it was that bad. <laughs> it's a turn! Oh, that bad. Like, dude, stick. Now, again, stick to your systems. Sale was good. Yeah. Bring me 10 more sales. And there's a reason why that was the only song they had that we could think of. You know what I mean? That feels to me like a one-off, dude. You might as well go back to being a barista like, now. I'm looking at their songs that we have in the system. We, ha- we have Handyman, but we downloaded that. The other song's called Passion. 
Never heard it. I don't remember that. We have three different edits of it, though. Oh, well, good. Got to get it in there. I'm, I'm sure we had to edit out the word crap or, I don't know, car or <laughs> something out of, out of it, I'm sure. Something, oh, my God, that word might be offensive. Like, I'm, the way we're, like, over-censoring everything. But I don't know the, um, I don't know the names of any of these other songs at all. So, yeah, dude, that may have been a one-and-done AWOL Nation. We do have tickets to see Jim Trestle. This will be Sunday at the Canton Palace Theater. Our good buddies, the Wakeham Auto family, putting that event on. We're nice enough to hand us a couple of pairs of tickets so we can pass them out to you. We'll take caller 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625. And aside from that, we're done. Teresa, however, will give you your next shot at $1,000 at 1010. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. From when you wake up. Good morning. Kissing the wife goodbye. Jerks. Dropping the kids off at school. Later, nerds. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069.